0: There is a lot of talk in the church today about evangelism. This is surprising. Growing up in the Episcopal Church, I never would have expected it. I think it's back on the table because in the face of stories of church decline, it is seen as a necessity. We must do something. We must say something. Whatever the reason, it's a good change because evangelism is a vital aspect of our faith. And although today's gospel is not usually the go-to passage for evangelism, it has a good deal to teach us. For evangelism grows out of a personal encounter with the power of God to heal and save. So today, we're going to talk about the demoniac and you. About how this unlikely evangelist, touched by the power of God, is actually a model for us as we seek to share our faith in a world that is desperate for good news. Just before this episode, in all three Synoptic Gospels, uh, is the account of Jesus stilling the storm on the Sea of Galilee. You remember the situation, right? The disciples, the fishermen are in a boat and there's a huge storm and they're terrified. So they wake Jesus and Jesus commands the wind and the waves to be still and they obey him. So the disciples that are then really afraid and they ask who then is this that commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. In today's passage, we get the narrative answer to the disciples question. Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee from the predominantly Jewish side to the predominantly Gentile side of the lake, the eastern shore. And what he finds there is a man who is tormented by the forces of evil. So we have dark and chaotic forces on the lake just before this and now dark and chaotic forces affecting this man living among the tombs and we're supposed to see this as a sort of conflict scene, a battle scene where the forces of good represented obviously by Jesus are encountering the forces of evil represented by the demoniac. Uh, But it's, if you notice, it's not a real battle, right? There's no real conflict going on except for the, the, the meeting of these two forces. The demoniac gives up before the battle even begins. He comes to Jesus and says, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. Waving the white flag pretty quickly. And it's especially striking because what we learn from the story that he's called legion because this is a a huge force of evil, a huge demonic force. Uh, A legion in Roman military terms was 5,000, 5,600 soldiers or something like that. So we're talking about a huge force and it also underscores this idea of the battle imagery. So it's especially surprising that this legion of evil forces just completely gives up right at the very beginning of this interaction with Jesus. What we're supposed to take from this, of course, is that there is really no conflict, right? Um, Jesus has complete authority over the forces of evil. Uh, In fact, everything that they do, Jesus has to give them permission to do. He gave them permission to leave and go into the herd of swine. And this doesn't actually solve all of our problems when it comes to evil. In fact, it often raises a more difficult question of the so-called problem of evil, right? If, If God is sovereign or or has authority over the forces of evil, then why is there any evil or why so much? Um, And although there have been intellectual answers to that question, which can be satisfying in some ways, uh, it doesn't often touch us at an emotional or or psychological, physical um, level when especially when we're going through suffering ourselves or when those we love are going through suffering, but the repeated refrain of scripture is that God is in control. God is, does have authority over all the forces, good forces and evil forces. And this episode is, of course the result of the episode is that we see uh, a beautiful healing. We see someone who goes from, uh, from possession to a, uh, salvation. The word for healing and salvation is the same. So we see someone clothed and, and in their right mind that interaction is supposed to underscore that Jesus has the power to heal and save. And so our work of evangelism begins by trusting that God is in complete control. Now, the result of this interaction uh, is there's two possible responses that you can have, um, and they're represented by the demoniac and the crowds. We'll get to the demoniac's response in a second. How did the crowd respond? They're terrified, right? They're filled with fear. And in fact, they respond in precisely the same way that the disciples responded when Jesus stilled the storm. Uh, it says in that account that they were, when the storm came, the disciples were afraid. And then when Jesus stilled the storm, they were super afraid, right? They went from phobia to megaphobia, just like the word suggests. Um, it, the same exact thing happens here. The crowds are afraid of these evil forces. But when Jesus exercises power over the evil forces, they are megaphobia, They're very afraid. Um, the disciples were more afraid of Jesus's power over the, force, you know, the, the, the storm than over the, st- the storm itself. And in the same way, the crowds are more afraid of Jesus's power over the forces of evil than over the demoniac himself. What happens with the crowd, however, is that they take that very natural and appropriate sense of fear or awe or wonder in the presence of the supernatural or in the presence of supernatural power, and it, it, free, it causes them to freeze. That's where they stay in fear. They realize that Jesus is acting with supernatural power and they say, we don't want anything to do with that. Get out of here, right? Please leave us. But we have to realize that that initial response is actually the appropriate one. We should have that sense of, of fear and awe whenever we are in God's presence. Uh, it reminds me of the, the, the Narnia stories where you see Aslan described over and over again as not a tame lion, but he's good. And that beautiful tension uh, between the goodness and faithfulness of God. And yet, we are dealing with a being that is... Holy other, very different from even our best efforts, very different from that kind of goodness. Well, the fear of the Lord in scripture is supposed to be the beginning of wisdom. It's supposed to lead on to a mature and faithful relationship with that, that Holy other God. So we trust that God is in control and we do this by moving from fear to faith. So if the crowds response stopped with fear, the demoniacs moved all the way to faith. And we know this because we're told that he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Uh, that's just the normal posture of a disciple. So the demoniac becomes a disciple, a follower of Jesus. But notice, this is, you almost miss this at the end of the story. Jesus does not say, okay, come on, you can join my band of followers who come around and travel with me. He says, go back to your own home and tell them the good news that God has done to you, the good work God has done, done in your own life. He's not dismissing him, he's giving him a vital task, a vital mission. He's actually commissioning the demoniac to proclaim the message, but he's doing it in the way that God commissions most of us not to become foreign missionaries, not to become ordained ministers, but to proclaim the work of God in your own life to those in your own family and friends and community. Um, Like the demoniac, we we have to come and to see that God is in control. We have to move from fear to faith. And finally, we have to bear witness to what God has done in our own lives. We've all experienced in our own ways the healing and salvation of God? What was it in your own case? How have you been touched by the powerful healing love of Jesus? Did you experience the gift of God's amazing forgiveness? The healing of an illness? The peace that passes understanding? Did you experience the power of God to break an addiction? To heal the broken relationship? Perhaps a joy in your heart that nothing can shake. As Paul says in our epistle today, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Evangelism can seem like a scary prospect, but it's actually quite simple. We, have, we all have a story to share of God's gracious work in our lives. So return to your home and declare how much God has done for you.